for Christmas Eve, the second service of our three. My name's Lance Cummins. I'm the worship pastor here at New Spring. This is my wife, Jenny. 
Hi, we're so glad that you came to join us tonight. We hope that this is a very memorable Christmas Eve service for you. We would like to ask you a favor. There are so many coming in. If you wouldn't mind just scooting to the middle. Hold on, let's do something really cool. Let's pretend like we're standing up. Let's stand up right here. Okay, and then you gather your things around you that you like to take with you when you sit. Okay, now if you're on this side, you come this way and fill in those seats. If you're on this side, you come this way. I appreciated all you guys in the balcony over here. You stood up too. That was very nice. Very good. Cool. All right, once you get there, you can sit back down. All right. Hey, when you came in the door, you received a worship folder. That's what we call the paper you got, and there's a talk to us card. If you're visiting with us, we'd love for you to fill out that card. And at the end of the service, we're going to pass an offering bag around. We don't want you to put anything in there other than that card, and we'll mail you a gift. It's got a lot of cool stuff in there. This year, we're also offering our full Kids World program, and it's for babies up through fifth grade. So if you did not know that and you would like your child to go to Kids World and the older children second through fifth grade, first through fifth grade, have Jingle Jam. Or you can actually go in there with your kids. So if you decide this is pretty boring and you'd like to have something a lot more fun, they've got it over there, all right? So you can take off and do that. But we really are glad you're here. Do we just want you to sit back, relax, have an awesome time. We're going to spend about an hour together just celebrating this season. We're glad you guys are here. And here we have John, going through the annual ritual of stringing up his luminescent devices. Yes, John is one of the many homo sapiens indigenous to planet Earth, enamored with the antiquated concept of decorating his dwelling place with numerous strings of lighted orbs. In spite of the hazards of seasonal decorating, John hauls out his container of incandescent bodies and untangles them annually. He then ascends his poorly manufactured scaling device to attach them to his dwelling. When he has everything secured, John plugs in the glowing globes, only to ascertain the harrowing truth. He has a disconnected circuit within one of the bright spheroids, and he's compelled to assess them individually. Let's now take a glimpse into the seasonal ritual. Pointless, isn't it? You have to ask yourself where this ridiculous behavior comes from. The answer, a simple thing called tradition. Homo sapiens are fascinated by tradition because it provides the illusion of purpose in their existences when the truth is far less glamorous. The species Homo sapiens are in fact an accident, a result of random chance. A species evolved from cosmic gases and dust. They don't live, they survive. They pursue wealth status, and fame in an attempt to bring meaning to their brief flicker of existence in the vast expanse of time. They have seasonal traditions that help sustain hope. These traditions provide the illusions of meaning. They do everything in their power to outrun the conclusion that has been inevitable since their very birth. They die and return to dust. Pointless traditions, pointless illusions, pointless existence, pointless.
But Christmas isn't pointless at all. In fact, there's a huge point to Christmas. Christmas is all about God's plan to rescue humanity from a broken world. Christmas is all about God sending His Son Jesus into our world to make a way for us to have a relationship with Him. You see, the point of Christmas is that God knows you. He knows you personally. He knows where you live. He knows what breaks your heart. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows about your dreams. He knows about those things that you wish you hadn't done and maybe the things you wish you had done. God knows everything about you. In fact, Jesus would say at one point that he knows the very hairs, the number of hairs on our head. So yeah, the point of Christmas is that God knows everything about you. But beyond that, he loves you. He loves you so much that he wants you to have a personal relationship with God. Christmas is all about Jesus coming into our world to bring God and you and me together with him in an everlasting relationship. Wow, that kind of love is hard to imagine. You know, Christmas is a time of giving gifts. We give gifts to the people we love, and it's really important to us that we give them that gift they really want. Here's an interesting question. Have you ever asked yourself, what would God like for Christmas?
Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Sing it with me. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. <laughs> Glory to 
We're celebrating tonight because about 2,000 years ago, there was a baby born in a barn, laid in a feeding trough. Kind of amazing when you think about it, but it wasn't the fact that a baby was born in a barn, it's who that baby was. Because so special was his birth that the night he was born, the angels couldn't keep quiet, and the Bible says that they filled the skies, and they sang, and they praised God. There were even some kings, or we don't know if they were kings for sure, but we think they were very powerful men who came from the east. My personal guess is that these men came from Babylon, where a prophet named Daniel had been exiled some 500 years earlier. And when Daniel was taken to Babylon as a young man, he was very influential. God blessed him so much so that he became the advisor to four different kings. And I think that Daniel brought with him a knowledge of the scriptures, the prophecies, the ancient prophets who had prophesied things such as Jesus' birth would be associated with a star, Numbers twenty four seventeen. But what's really interesting about Daniel's prophecy is unlike any other prophet, he was the only one who gave a timetable. And I'm guessing that the, the Magi in Babylon looked at Daniel's timetable and realized that something very special was about to happen. A very special king was about to be born, and when they saw the star, they knew that Daniel was right on. The only thing about Jesus' birth was that it was something of a disappointment to the people of his town and to the people of his country, because they were indeed expecting a king to be born, but a very different kind of king. When Jesus was born, it was at a time when Rome ruled the world, and Jesus' people resented the fact that they were overtaken by another power, and their hopes was that the deliverer that God had promised would be a military deliverer, one who would deliver them from the Roman yoke of bondage and make them free. 
The truth of the matter is Jesus came for a very different reason. He came to declare war, all right, but he didn't come to declare war on people. He didn't come to fight with powers. and He, he didn't come to be a political savior. He came for something very different. For those of you who are not part of New Spring, this is the fifth and the final talk that I'm bringing in a series called Beginnings, and a very kind of odd series, I guess, leading up to Christmas. We've gone back to Genesis chapters 1 through 3, and we begin to explore what does the Bible say about the beginning, how this all came about. And it might interest you to know that the very first time that God promised to send a Savior into the world was in Genesis chapter 3. It was right after Adam and Eve sinned, and of all people, the first promise that God made that he would bring his son into the world was made to Satan. Well, let's talk about how that came down. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God created the world, and then he created human beings, Adam and Eve. He put them in a perfect environment. You know, our culture has the concept that the only thing that causes people to misbehave is an environment. If they had a better environment, they would, they would be fine. Well, our first parents blew that myth out of the water because they were in a perfect environment, an ecologically perfect world. Anything they could possibly want, it was before sorrow or sickness or pain, anguish, anxiety, any kinds of problems. And yet, and God just said, hey, I've got one rule, don't break it. You can do anything else you want to do, just don't break the one rule. Well, you know how we are. And don't get after Adam and Eve. If we'd have been there, we'd have probably done the same thing. You know what it's like when someone tells us not to do something. Don't touch that. Don't break that. Don't try that. And Adam and Eve, they broke the rule. And beyond that, from the moment they did that, they, they were separated from God. There are people that have the idea that God is a merciful God, and so consequently anything we do wrong, he just sweeps under the carpet. But that's not true. I mean, we expect better of our earthly judges, don't we? We understand that in the court of law, a judge can't just wink. Even if he likes the person who's been accused, a judge can't pretend that it didn't happen. We have something called justice. It's not perfect in our world, but God is a God of infinitely perfect justice. He's a God of perfect love, but he's also a God of perfect justice. Well, Adam and Eve screwed up, and I can't get after them because so have I. I don't think I could be perfect for 30 minutes. Do you realize that in order to go to heaven, a person has to be perfect? And I'm messed up. I know I'm going to mess up in the next 30 minutes. I'll do something wrong. I'm in the middle of three Christmas Eve services, and I'll still do something wrong. That's just how I am. That's probably how most of us are. <laughs> so what are we going to do with all that sin? <laughs> One of my favorite stories is about an elderly lady who just got tired of shopping around Christmas. She's just decided she'd had enough of it. The rat race, traffic, she decided all her grandkids were going to get a card from her. She would put a check in there for $100 and a little card that says, buy your own present. And so she you know, did that. She got an envelope for each one of her grandkids, sent it all out. Then about three weeks later, she discovered the stack of checks. <laughs> yeah. Each one of the kids had gotten an envelope that just said, buy your own present. <laughs> You wonder why grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> I talk to people sometimes, and they say, Mark, I don't need God. I'll just, I, I think I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm nice. I, and, and what that's saying is, I'm going to buy my own present. <laughs> we can't, folks. How would you ever pay for your sin? I couldn't even pay for the sins of my past. How could I pay for my sins in the future? 
Christmas is all about God sending you a gift. Not a gift that says, buy your own present. God bought the present. Listen to this. This is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It is the very first time, thousands of years before Jesus came, it is the very first time God ever promised that Jesus would come into the world. Listen to the language. God talking to Satan. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. Now, it could sound at that point that God is just saying to Satan in a rather existential way, I'm going to cause conflict between you and everybody who's born to Eve, since we're all born to Eve, the offspring of the woman. That could be a generic term. But listen to the next thing he says, because it's very clear he's not talking about all of us. He's talking about one specific person. Let me read the whole thing again. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head, you'll wound his heel. In effect, God was saying to Satan, You will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. When Jesus came into our world, he didn't come into the world to declare war on people. He came to finish the fight with the evil one, Satan. He came into our world to pay for our sins so that we could have everlasting life. It's interesting how God brought his son into the world. He was born, the Bible says, of a virgin. And I've got friends who say, well, Mark, they're they're friends who maybe are agnostic or, or doubt you know, the the miraculous. Friends will say, Mark, that can't happen. It is impossible. That's the whole point. God was saying, my son is going to be set apart from all the others. But listen to, Mary was concerned about that because the angel came to her and said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And Mary's saying, we got a little issue on that because I've never been with a man. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born to be born will be called the Son of God. Now hang with me for a moment. The reason why that baby in the manger that night caused all the angels to sing was that that baby in the manger was both God and human at the same time. God had come into our world. Like a little girl said, God had come to wear a skin face. And he came to live the life that you and I could not live. I said I couldn't be perfect for 30 minutes, but he was perfect for 33 years. He had everything thrown at him that you and I get thrown at us. And yet he never failed never sinned. And then after living that perfect life, he willingly lay on a Roman cross. And the Bible says the way God looked at it, he paid for everything you and I have ever done wrong. Hey, I love Christmas. This is my favorite service of the year. It's beautiful. And I love every, all the trappings of Christmas, even the weird shopping stuff and all that, spending too much money, eating too much. I really like that. <laughs> but behind all the beauty, can we remember something? Christmas was a rescue mission. My son Jared and his lovely wife Jessica are both paramedics, and they're working today. Because if people get in trouble, they call, and they go out and they rescue them. When Jesus came into our world, he was God answering a 911 call for a rescuer. He came into our world to live the life we couldn't live, to pay the price that we couldn't pay, so that we could be brought into God's family. And that's why we turn on all the lights this time of year.
Weaving choral seas Fill all the world with heaven's
lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. I know a lot of people question, how did we all get here? And that's what this series has been about, beginnings. I know clearly, though, there are people that have different schools of thought. There are those who believe, as I do, that God created everything. And there are those who believe in, in Darwinian evolution, or at least some form of it, that we're the product of cosmic rolls, or the random rolls of the cosmic dice. Um, so, you know, how did we all get here? Well, I remember hearing a story about a little girl who asked her mom, Mom, how did human beings get on the planet? And her mom said, Sweetheart, God made us. God made the first man, the first woman. God made the first mom, the first dad. So she went to her dad after that and said, Dad, how did, how did we all get here? And her dad said, Well, there's an animal chain, and, and there are monkeys and orangutans and gorillas, and eventually we evolved into human beings. So I troubled her, and she went back to her mom and said, Mom, I don't get it. I ask you, how did we all get here? And you say, God made us. And I asked Dad, and he said that we came from apes. And her mom said, Sweetheart, your dad's just telling you about his side of the family. <laughs> and I was just telling you about ours. Um, it's not a hard question for me, though. I mean, it's like... If I had my BlackBerry here, I would know it didn't come about by accident. How much more your body with 100 trillion cells, all of them having an exact copy of every piece of information about you? So I, I don't think the question is, how did we all get here? To me, the question I struggle with is, why? Why are we here? Why did God make us? People ask me that sometimes. Mark, if, if God is God and he knows everything, then he knew that Adam and Eve were going to do wrong. He knew that Jesus was going to have to die for sin. So why would God do something like that? What was his motivation? In fact, sometimes people ask me from a skeptical point of view as if that's a deal breaker, that how could God knowingly create Adam and Eve, giving them free will, letting them screw up, and then understanding that he was going to have to pay a huge price? I think the answer is a, is a place we don't go to nearly as often as we should. I'm guessing that a lot of you who are moms and dads know the answer already. Do you remember when you wanted to have a baby? 
desperately in some cases wanted to have a child. I believe that God puts that desire in human beings to show us a little bit about what is in his heart. When God made the world, it was all about creating men and women who could be sons and daughters. God wanted a huge family. And he wanted a huge family so much that he was willing to pay the cost that he paid. And that cost was Jesus coming into our world, suffering for us. <laughs> Before the early service, the earlier service, I ran into my dentist. He's a new springer. And he's a great dentist. And he does everything he can to keep me from suffering. And I'm a big baby in the dental chair. But I thought about, when I saw Steve a little while ago, I thought, man, when Jesus was on the cross... He, he's, he felt everything that any human being could feel. But God was willing to do that so that he could bring you and me into his family. If you're, if you're not a New Springer, you, may, you probably never heard me say this. New Springers get tired of hearing me say it, I'm sure. But I hate religion. I honestly hate religion. Because religion fouls up this all-important message. That what God wants more than anything else is not for you to become some adherent to a religion or not to join a particular church or not to be a member of a particular denomination. What God wants is for you to be part of his family. And that is a free gift. It is something that Jesus paid for when he died on the cross. And throughout the thousands of years as I read the Bible, I read about people who became part of his family simply by doing what you're about to do tomorrow morning. They opened a gift. The thief on the cross. I mean, there are all kinds of ways that people accepted God's gift. The thief on the cross just said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said, okay, you're down. I got you. There were people that just said, most people just said, I believe. See, God is just looking for you to receive his gift. Isn't that different from religion? Religion says, jump through this hoop and you can be part of us. God says, come. I've already paid the price. I was at a restaurant the other day. <laughs> tried to pay my check, couldn't pay my check because somebody was there, saw me, paid my check. And, the, and, the, and it was anonymous. They wouldn't even leave their name. You know, I could sit there all night try to pay that check. I couldn't. It's already been paid. You can try to be good the rest of your life and it won't get you into heaven because the check's already been paid. Jesus paid it. He's just looking for you to receive the gift. Have you ever had that happen in your life? It's huge, man. When you invite Jesus in, he forgives you of your sins. You're written in the census book of heaven. You have eternal life. Nothing can ever take you out of God's hand. Have you ever invited Christ into your life? I can't think of a better time than Christmas Eve. I mean, this is all about gifts. It's about God bringing you the gift of Jesus. Jesus came into our world for you. You say, well, Mark, I don't understand everything about it. Neither do I, but I'm not the one giving the gift. You're just the one receiving would you be open to praying with me, to inviting him in? And these aren't magic words. As I said, people have said different words through the years. But if you're open to receiving Jesus, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. I'm going to pray it slowly so that you can think about each line. What matters is what you mean. But if you're open to praying with me to receive Christ, let's do that this Christmas Eve. Would you pray with me? Would you everyone bow in prayer with me, please? Dear Jesus, I want to be part of God's family. I want to be God's child. I believe you paid the price. I receive you as my Savior and my King. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for saving me eternally. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, have a gift for you. won't cost you anything. I'll mail it to you. When you came in, you got a worship folder like this. There's a card that's detachable. And if you'll just tear it, and where you see the picture of the little vinyl packet, I've got some DVDs and cool stuff. It's my gift to you. If you just prayed to receive Christ, I want you to know what it means to follow Jesus. And, and, and all you got to do is just put your name and address on there. In a few moments, there'll be an offering bag that comes by. And by the way, this is our normal weekend at New Spring. We will not have services this Saturday and Sunday. So this is our weekend. So if you're our guest, please don't feel any pressure to contribute to the offering. That's for New Springers. But if you just pray to receive Christ, you can drop this card in the offering bag, and I'll mail that gift to you uh, this week. I'm so glad you guys are here. By the way, we're starting a brand new series. And I don't know if we've run out or not, but if, in many of your worship folders, there may be a little card about a brand new series called Capitalize. It is the biggest thing I've ever done. I promise you. This is my 25th year here at New Spring. I've never even gotten close to as big a series as we're heading into right now. I mean that. Seriously. It, it, it's, it's all about starting over with what you have. And I promise you, right now, you are setting on the resources to do incredible things. So we're starting that in January. First weekend of, of January. It's, Lance will talk about this later. It's called Start. I am so glad you guys are here. May you have the greatest Christmas you've ever had. God bless you, and thanks for coming out in a blizzard.
and we celebrate. Let's sing this song together. Glory to God.
Christ the Lord. Father, tonight we celebrate. We celebrate you sending your son to this earth to put that whole plan into motion that you had had in mind since the beginning to rescue us. Father, thank you for loving us that much to send Jesus into our world. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, you think you guys can sit down for just a second? Real quick, this is our regular uh, weekend service, even though it's not on the weekend. Did anybody else the other night watch Thursday night football on Saturday night like I did? I thought that was a little odd. They called it Thursday night football, so we can call this the weekend service, right? All right, cool. Uh, we're going to take the offering real quick. If you're not a new springer, we don't want you to put anything in there other than your guest card, and we'd love to mail you a, a gift. But if you're a new springer, this is our opportunity to give, and uh, we're going to play a song for you that you probably only get to hear uh, here at New Spring in just a second. Before we do that, though, we've got a series coming up. Take a look. This is happening in uh, two weekends.